Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to Primetime with Sean Mooney. Great to have you along for the ride once again. You know, I really enjoyed my guest this past week, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the one and only. I, you know, I had a, a feeling it was going to be an interesting conversation with Brute Ty, and uh, he certainly didn't let us down. Brutus is, uh, you know, as they say, not one to mince words, and he definitely tells it like the barber sees it. Now, uh, as we mentioned several times during our conversation, he's got a new book coming out, 400-plus pages, apparently, called Struttin' and Cuttin' with Brutus Beefcake. It's supposed to be out by Christmas, I'm told. But in the meantime, you can pre-order your very own copy and, of course, copies for your friends by going to BrutusBeefcake.com. That's BrutusBeefcake.com. And uh, as we continue to roll the great guests coming in, uh, here on Primetime, we've got another one in this edition. Uh, yeah, I, I really love it when we have somebody on you haven't heard a whole lot from over the years. And in this case, he happens to be one of the superstars I really loved working with back in the day. Uh, he reached the top of the WWF, and he's done very well since. Uh, today, we're going to hear from Fred Ottman. You may remember him as Tugboat or Typhoon of the Natural Disasters. And we're going to get to my conversation with Fred in just a minute. But first, it's time to welcome a new sponsor to the show. Woo! And if you like to attend live events, you are going to love this news. This week's episode of Primetime with Sean Mooney is brought to you by SeatGeek. Now, folks, you know, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated. But I'm going to tell you, there is a better, simpler way to do it. Buy with SeatGeek. Now, SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. And what I love the most about it, folks, is when I go to the app, it immediately shows me the events that are taking place in my area. I love that. Well, but let's say it's a big show you want to see in a, in a city, you know, a big city somewhere in your part of the country, say the 25th anniversary of Raw or something like that. You can find it right there as well. Now, SeatGeek also saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with total confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And the best part about it all, just because you're one of my listeners, you get a very special deal. Because you listen to Primetime with Sean Mooney, you get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Now, just download the SeatGeek app onto your mobile device, whatever it is, and enter the promo code PRIMETIME. That's P-R-I-M-E-T-I-M-E, and do that today. That's promo code PRIMETIME to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Now, go ahead and pause the podcast and download it now. I'll be right here waiting. Do it. All right. Some of you did the right thing and went and downloaded the SeatGeek app. So you can get great concert tickets and sports tickets. Uh, if not, we're just going to move on here. I, again, want to thank everybody for all the comments, suggestions, messages. Keep them coming to me on Twitter, at Sean Mooney Who. And, of course, by email at primetime at MLW.com. All of you who have contacted me, you know I'm very good about getting back to you. So email me or catch me on Twitter. 
Also, check out the official prime time with Sean Mooney Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com. Get your Sean Mooney Who Tee. That's a great item for Christmas. I want to see the Legion out there. My uh, my uh, real vision is I want to see somebody wearing a Sean Mooney Who Tee at one of the WWE live events. That would be awesome. Or, of course, you can get the Ding 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 Tee or the very popular official primetime with Sean Mooney logo tee. Come on, folks. It's a great way to support the show. And all you got to do is go to Pro Wrestling Tees and search primetime with Sean Mooney to get your very own primetime tee. Last week, I mentioned that we're going to have a contest that will allow all of our listeners the chance to win an unreleased, unseen matches, 1986 to 1995 DVD. I still have a couple of copies left from my friends at the WWE. And here's how you can win. It's real simple. Just go to our Facebook page and like us. Go to the Facebook page, Primetime with Sean Mooney. And once we get to 500 likes, and we are getting closer and closer, but we still need some more. Uh, So go there to Facebook if you haven't already and like us. And once we get to 500, I'm going to randomly pick one of you who is now following us, and you're going to win that DVD. And I will sign that DVD And as I have said on many occasions, I will send it to you wherever in the world you may be. All righty, let's get to the main event. Folks, if you were a fan of the WWF during the late 80s and the early 90s, you will indeed remember my guest this week. He was a large presence in the World Wrestling Federation during that span, in and out of the ring. Uh, You knew him as Tugboat and then as a member of the massive tag team known as the Natural Disasters as he became known at that time as Typhoon, teaming up with the even more gigantic Earthquake. And back then, though, I knew him as Fred, and still to this day. I want to welcome Fred Ottman. Fred, thanks so much for coming on Primetime. How are you, my friend? Excellent, man. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. You know, uh, we actually got a chance to to meet in person. It had been a long Mm -hmm. time uh, in New York a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it was it was an interesting weekend. We started in New York at the uh, Big 13 event taking place yeah. uh, right by LaGuardia Airport. And, um, you know, I had a conversation with uh, Brutus recently because he was there as well. Uh, yeah. and, and that was a really incredible event. Didn't you think it did it? Uh, I know you do uh, some of these, but on, a, on the scale of where these events are, that was a big one, right? Oh, yeah. It was probably 90 guys there. It yeah. Was minimal. Yeah. It was it was crazy, and and for me you know? it was it was huge because uh, you know I had I've done I did one in New Jersey um, mm-hmm. a year or so ago, but it was a, a much smaller uh, venue, and so yeah. for me to walk around there and you see all these guys that were there. I mean, Shawn Michaels was there, and uh, you know uh, Greg Valentine and Sergeant Slaughter and the Rougeau brothers and and you and uh, and and Brutus and. It was just like the whole room, and I'm just like looking around. It was just, it was freaky to be back <laughs> in that in that kind of situation where everybody had aged like 25 years. <laughs> yeah, it's like so, a time warp. Yeah, it's a but, time warp. Sometimes not so kind. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fred, I have to say, man, you you look good. You really do. <laughs> And, and, oh, well, and I, thank you. You can lie to me anytime. Okay? No, but I mean, in okay. many ways, and, and we, we had this conversation when we were back there that, uh, you yeah. know, your hair is, is gray now, but it was gray back then, right? Yes, it was. It had, <laughs> there was no just for men back then. No. All right, Sean? It was Miss Clara, okay? The oh. smell of, the smell of uh, 
ammonia running wild on yeah. my face because my beard, my hair, I've been, uh, you know, gray since 19, 20 years old. And wow. uh, so, you know, it was, I wish that gray right out of my head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's really funny, though, and, and uh but you think about it, it's a, you know, it's such a, it's a big, you know, man, uh, manly sport, uh, you know, and, and all yeah. these, you know, guys are uh, big, muscly, and, you know, they do all, this. and, and to, to get ready for this, they have to do many things that, that women do, <laughs> right? They shave. Exactly. Uh, I have to draw the line at plucking my eyebrows, okay, <laughs> and uh, other such things, okay? <laughs> but, but, you know, it's kind of like. That's you, very true. Yeah. You kind of, yeah, it's very, very true. You throw all that aside because it's it's your gimmick. And I, I remember, you know, the guys would have those razors on a stick so they could shave their backs. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Or, or the poor and pleasant wife or girlfriend that had to do that for them when they went home. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, or I, I one not, of, they'd have to... They'd have to get extra bonuses for that, okay? I'm telling you. Yeah, or one of the rats that uh, followed these guys around. But that, oh, yeah, yeah. Just that's throw, throw the cheese out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. But but you had to do things like color your hair, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you, yeah. a lot of them shaved because you wanted to get the whole physique right. going. So yeah, it was, yeah. it was uh, a different time. But I'm, I'm sure they do the same thing today. Yeah. The worst was working with the guys with the baby oil on, okay? <laughs> you know, so that, <laughs> trying to get a hold and, of them. And, yeah, and then they would have the baby oil with, uh, like, uh, it was the equivalent of a, a muscle rub or whatever. You know, oh, right. smell like uh, Bengay. And you get you that know? in your eyes, right? Oh yeah, horrible. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> do you have a story? I mean, since we got off the tracks here, and that's that's mm-hmm. what I do, Fred. Yeah, and I just kind of go along as we. But uh, where you had a match like that, where you had somebody that was so greased up that they made it hard to work? I actually did uh, more than once, but on yeah. one particular occasion, I was, it's before I came to WWF, I worked in Texas. Uh-huh. And there was a big guy out there. I, I can't remember his name right now. He used to go to Japan a lot. But anyway, during the course of my match, I picked him up for a pile driver, mm. okay? And when I went to give him the pile driver, I had a good hold of him. He was upside down and actually slipped, cool. you know, and boom, into the mat. That felt horrible. Oh, my God. But, I mean, he was just so greased up with baby oil. And, yeah. he, and he actually slipped down like a greased pig. Yeah, I said he probably learned a valuable lesson that day. It was probably about an inch shorter <laughs> after that pile driver. Yeah, he's <laughs> up on the baby oil, bub. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. It would be a- it would be a classic, that like the classic cover on Mad Magazine yeah. with Hulk Hogan and uh, Miss Elizabeth and them, and the, all you see is the feet dangling <laughs> out of the hole in the center of the ring. Right. That's pretty basically that deal. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, we really we did get a chance to catch up because uh, we, we were at uh, three different locations during this weekend. It was kind of a whirlwind event where we started yes, in New York, then we went to Staten Island, which was an interesting evening yes. in itself. <laughs> yes, it was. Hey, Fred, you know, I wanted to confirm with you because, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, but I wanted to confirm with you. Now, when we went to Staten Island, Brutus yes. said that the event we were supposed to go, got canceled and then they took us to another one. Was Or was that the one we were no, supposed no, to be No, no, no. It was supposed to be in a, in a larger venue. Uh-huh. And they wound up taking us to a place that looked like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. As I said, they had the batting cages. I was wondering where the bumper boats were. <laughs> but what was really funny is going out into the parking lot, and there was the strip club next door. And yep. then there's 
uh, uh, like a Italian grocery across the way. So very interesting uh, surroundings. Yeah, and, and full you service uh, for sure. Because like <laughs> yeah. you said, you get something to eat and you know get, work on your yes. your batting, your swing, and, uh, and there you uh, go. Enjoy bada, some bada, bada swing. Yeah, and yeah. enjoy some really it's bad wrestling. Says, all, all the gimmicks, <laughs> yeah, from A to Z. Yeah, you hit right there. I ain't saying anything. I plead the fifth on that one. I, I but I was there with you, so. Well, it was just surreal because you had all of these big names, and there were a you know in that group that yes. were, was with there was us, there was twenty guys, yeah, right? and they were 20, big 25. names. It wasn't just you know, yes. and uh, uh, we had talked about you know uh, Scott Hall was supposed to make an appearance, and he had he had uh, gone AWOL, and then yeah. I guess we we missed the best match of all with uh, you know we we didn't know it was going to be the main event between uh, Razor yeah. Ramon and King Kong <laughs> Bundy. Oh, yes. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, we missed it. We didn't get to see the table get yes. flipped or anything. I looked for days for video footage online, you know, because surely, yeah. you know, it was a, uh, that was a Kodak moment. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> with everybody with their phones, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't see something. And I don't know how old Chris is now. How old uh, do you think that, that Chris is? Mm, I don't know. I he's, I don't know, early mid sixties, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yes, he was ready to go. <laughs> for all, for everything that we heard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to have to do more investigation. We got to get the real story because I know we saw we saw Scott the next day and he wasn't talking and and, and Chris oh, yeah, didn't yeah. too much except to say you know yeah. you know what he said about According him. <laughs> to what, what I heard when he came in at three o'clock in the morning to the hotel where we were at in Pennsylvania, it was. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it all the way to the elevator from the front door. Yeah, you know? but <laughs> yeah, it, it was a, it was a great weekend, and, and Scott Wilder and those guys yeah. really t- did take good care of us. And uh, I, I liked all oh, those guys; they were great. He's incredible. You know what's really cool is I had never met the first lady of wrestling, and I got to sit with her there at the Big Thirteen event, Wendy Richter. Yeah, you yeah. know, I had never I had never met her all my years oh, working really? in different places. Yeah. I had never had that opportunity, and we talked for hours and hours and hours. I had never met her before. Well, and, and a lot of people really like, interesting. Yeah, and I think a lot of people kind of they forget or didn't have never really become educated about that. Uh, she kind of led the way when things were starting to explode with that whole rock and wrestling, and she was. Oh yeah, I mean, she was a big deal, and the whole thing with Cindy Lauper, and uh, you know, I mean, we've seen a lot since, and the sensational Sherry. Sherry certainly uh, oh, paved sure. the way for a lot of these divas. But uh, Wendy oh, was Sherry certainly was a big awesome. part of that too. She was like the Hulk Hogan, you know that that whole deal going into the the next generation, the next level of wrestling. I mean, and to you know, and have what an interesting conversation, I, you know, because I'd heard stories and stuff like that, but definitely a a big difference between the men's side and the women's side, you know. And I'd even when I broke into business, had a lot of uh, met a lot of the guys that were from Lord Littlebrook out in St. Louis with, with the midgets, you right. know? Yeah. But, I mean, she was with Captain Lou Albino was with her, uh, you know, and like you said before, Cindy Lauper. I mean, it was really, she was really getting a big push there, all that rock and wrestling deal. Yeah, you know, and I would really like to get her on because she, you're right, you know, it was kind of fascinating talking to her about uh, those days because they were considered kind of a sideshow act, and and yep. like she said, when uh, you know things were slow or they needed some new attraction, they'd bring in uh, you know the little yeah. people, I guess as we must call them now, 
or or the ladies, yes. and uh, and so they wouldn't yeah. get the runs that these guys would get. You couldn't go to they wouldn't go to a territory say and stay six months. They would be two weeks yeah. and then on to the next carnival. You know, I mean, uh, it was crazy. Yeah, exactly. And you, you know what's really crazy? You know, and and the women then didn't look like. I mean, Wendy was you know, a diva compared to the other women that were in the business at that time. Okay. They were like guys with, uh, guys with boobs. I mean, yeah. some of them yeah, uh, very yeah. rough. Yeah. It, it has certainly God changed. Wouldn't you say since those days? Yeah. It has surely changed. But, no doubt. Yeah. But you know what, Fred, I, you ha- I think you had to be that way to get through it. Uh, could you imagine what they had to put up oh. with? <laughs> oh, we yeah. Talk about I, sexual harassment. A horror show. Yeah. Oh, in the back. It, yeah. it had to be a horror show. And and many know. could hold their own. I mean, I've heard guys talk about Sensational Sherry that could uh, take out most oh, of the yeah. superstars if she had to. Well, Moolah, she was, I heard a lot of stories about her from different guys. Yeah. You know, from the early days. Yeah, but I, I would love... And, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. You know, but I mean, it, it, that, that had to be some craziness, yeah. you know? Yeah, but because it was... I know, I rem, you know, being on the road with the boys, it was just insane. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that in a, in a few minutes here because I want to yeah. take you through your progression of it. But it was really yeah. it was it was a great weekend, and I I was fascinated uh, talking with Wendy, and we had the you know those long rides between Staten Island and also to uh, Allentown. But really, yeah. uh, a fascinating woman, and uh, I'd love to get her on sometime. But uh, I'm really uh, you know honored to have you on today. You uh, were certainly you know when I was there a, a huge presence. Like I said at the top of the podcast here. Um, you know, the, what you were able to accomplish. But before we get to those uh, those days in the WWF, mm-hmm. I'm always uh, love to hear about how you, uh, you know, how you traveled that path. And, uh, you know, Fred, tell me a little bit about where you grew up and, and you know, how you got into this. I know you were a, a big athlete. Uh, what was yeah. your path to, to wrestling from the very early days? Well, you know, I was a kid growing up in Florida. I, I was raised in Miami. And uh, I grew up on Florida Championship Wrestling or Championship Wrestling from Florida, you know, depending on which show you, you listen to, but uh, in, in certain year. Yeah. But, I, you know, from a very young age, you know, it was waking up on a Saturday morning, you know, and uh, uh, having my cereal, watching cartoons. And then wrestling came on around 11 o'clock by noon. We were outside playing football, baseball, you know, and hanging, you know, hanging with your buddies, going fishing the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. But you know, I always been a fan in that stuff. I uh, I wrestled a little amateur through school. I I you know probably about eight nine years. I played football, you know, and uh, I threw shot and discus, uh, the, you know, and then uh, football. I, you, uh, did you play football too? I played football yeah. up the. I had uh, a bunch of scholarship offers and that stuff. My yeah. dad got sick. Uh, right as I was ready to graduate, you know, I, I've been working full time since I'm 11 years old. Mm. I've always worked my whole life. And, uh, uh, but when I, uh, went to graduate, I, I came out of high school. I actually was a, uh, a mechanic for Eastern airlines for several years, mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. Really? But I was, uh, yeah, I power lifted and uh, I trained at a gym in Coral Gables. And when all the guys came to town to wrestle, they either uh, would go uh, at the Miami Beach Convention Center where the old Jackie Gleason show used to be taped back in the day, yeah. or they would go to the uh, down in Coconut Grove uh, to the Dinner Key Auditorium, which was right next to the City Hall for Miami. 
Uh-huh. And uh, uh, they would come, uh, several of the guys would come to the gym and train the gym when they were in town. My, matter of fact, my first bench contest when I was like 17, 18 years old was at the YMCA downtown where Mike Graham, his dad, and I forgot who else was with him. They had flown down on the, their on the, Eddie Graham's plane down there, and he lifted in the open division. I was lifting as a benching as a novice, and he was there. I was like, oh, my God, this is a guy that I've watched every Saturday on TV, and here he is, and he was just such a nice guy. Most of the guys I met in the business, like and when they would come to the gym and they see me training there, they go, man, you ever thought about doing this, you know, wrestling and this and that? And uh, they would talk, 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 and then they told me, you know, I said, well, I, let me, I thought, you know, I said, let me think, look into this. And uh, uh, the great Malenko used to train guys on the, on the weekends up in uh, north uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale. Uh-huh. And uh, he'd come down with his boys and they would train guys on the weekends there. And he had a full, another school in Tampa. So I was training. I went up there to audit the class, loved what I saw, loved the guys that were training and the guys, you know, uh, both Joe and Dean Malenko, who Dean still works with WWE now uh, as an agent. And, uh, and Malenko was just great. I mean, I loved him. I used to watch him all the time. You know, he was such a tremendous heel. Yeah. And, and, I, and uh, I know that uh, I want to get into, cause you told me a story about how, you know, kind of your tryout, uh, for him, um, but before we get there, it must have been uh, yeah. really interesting to grow up in Miami. And I don't know how much you oh, can yeah. tell me, but I know there was a—I mean, was your your uh, an uncle or who was the, the enforcer? I mean, there was a little bit of a uh, life well, of crime attached. I was married to my first wife. Her father—I mean, her father was a, an enforcer for Santo Traficante, <laughs> who was the godfather of Florida. Right. He was the man. And uh, he was in the bar and restaurant business for over 50 years. But, you know, and he would tell me all kinds of incredible stories. Matter of fact, the, uh, the movie Goodfellows, when yeah. the guys come down and they're taking the hang the guy over the tiger's cage in the one scene down there to collect some money. Mm-hmm. That's real. That happened. That it, my father-in-law was the guy that picked those guys up from the airport and took them, you know, to the uh, to the hotel over on Dale Mabry down here in Tampa, and dropped them off at the hotel. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that was a shoot. <laughs> you know, he told me all about it. He says they didn't have any clothes in their suitcases. You know? oh, so, so that was that was <laughs> oh, the connection. Nice. I thought it was a little closer connection to the, to you when you're. Oh no, no no no! <laughs> Up there, I had a lot of friends down there who were involved in a lot of stuff. Uh, I, you know, uh, uh, a club that I worked for down there. The bookie there grew up. I mean, it, Miami's a funny place. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. It must have been a fascinating place because you, like, yeah. you see these old mob movies, and you know that's where they go. Oh. They go to Miami to oh. you know to, to uh, back vacation. in the day, yeah. North Miami Beach. Yeah, they had the Playboy Plaza. They had the you know the Fountain Blue, all that stuff. Yeah. All the guys used to come down from up north in the in the winter time, and they would hang. You know. <laughs> Out there by their pool. That's when they, they didn't have uh, cell phones. When they had the phones out by the pool. Yeah. Or <laughs> getting phone calls. Private so, line. I, mean, huh? I, I have a lot of family. That, yeah. Private line. Yeah. But so, uh, it, it was a uh, it was a different time. It was yeah. a different time that I grew up in. Well, I appreciate it too. Yeah. You know, it gave me a you know. I remember when that the whole controversy when they shot the uh, the um, oh, oh my god Tony Montana movie down there. You yeah. know. 
uh, and, and all the people raising heck about it. You know, I mean, I was there during uh, the Marielle boat lift. I mean, I'm born and raised in, in Miami, and all my friends are. Uh, uh, I went to high school in Calle Ocho, Southwest H Street, and uh, my class, my my school was, you know, 7,300 people, and wow. uh, my graduating class was like 2,400, 2,300, <laughs> you know. So I mean, it was a big, one of the oldest schools in in, uh, in Miami. Wow. But, uh, and I had a lot of friends that were involved in a lot of other different things during that time period. My my uh, a good friend of mine is doing a lot of these comic books that are autobiographical, uh, autobiography type comic books, and I've introduced him to a lot of different people. His name is John Crowther, wow. and he's a great guy and a big wrestling fan. Uh-huh. And uh, he works with Marvel comic artists and different artists, and they're putting these together. Matter of fact, Hacksaw uh, is fixing to come out pretty soon, and it's going to be either a two or three book. The first one he did was with uh, Nikolai Volkov, and there's still. He did two issues, and now there's a third one that he's putting together. It's going to come out, but yeah, he showed really me cool, some of those you know, drawings he, of you. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. He asked me. He says, "Man, I, I want to do one of these with you." I says, "Man, I come from a very shady past." <laughs> I says, "I have to plead the fifth, okay?" <laughs> and as far as that goes, I can introduce you to people, but you know, my wife keeps telling me, "Well, you don't have to tell them everything that happened in your life." <laughs> I go, "Well, it's a part of my life, you know." What I'm saying it's pretty interesting, but uh, you know. It's like if I ever wrote a book like everybody writes books now, I'd have to be behind the curtain and under the mat. Yeah. Did they you know, try and recruit the you uh, to, you know, maybe just Well, no, I, they, they respected stay. me, you know, for what I believe. You know, I'm like this. I have to look at myself in the mirror every day. Yeah. And I've always been nonjudgmental. Mm-hmm. You know, good, bad, or ugly, that's just me. It's, you know, my mom and dad raised me with certain, you know, things. You know, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. The same thing I passed on to my children, but I've never judged anybody. I may think that some people may make poor decisions in their life. Yeah. Not only in that area down there, but you know, in every business that you're in, you know what I'm saying? You have different characters, yeah. but, uh, it's one of those, you know, they, they talk to me and about doing this and doing that. And, you know, it's like that old song, the lure of easy money, yeah. you know, but, uh, sometimes you have to look at things and, you know, I, that's okay for you, but not for me. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you chose the other path. Uh, were you always yes. a big kid? Yeah, I was a big kid. Yeah. Matter of fact, the most of the kids were like two, three grades ahead of me that were my size, yeah. which leading up to me getting picked on really at earlier ages, and uh, until I got where I'm like, you know, it's like Popeye, pull out the can of spinach, I can't take it no more. Right. You know, and then you know, you just got to go after it. You know, my dad. He was a little guy, but he was a tough son of a gun. You know, I remember him doing, you know, in the swing set, doing one-arm pull-ups and all that stuff. He was like five six, five seven. You know, small guy. Really but strong and tough. You know, I, I'm six seven. Yeah, I was going to say, where, his... where where did it come from? <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing his size shoes and his clothes when I was in third grade. Okay, so, <laughs> so well, what I was, grew. was what was mom you know? six three or something? Or what what happened? How? <laughs> Oh, no, mom was like 5'8", you know, was, yeah. tall for, was a tall for a woman back then, 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, but my grandfather, supposedly, that I never met, he's from, from Austria. My my uh, my father's lineage was Austrian-Hungarian. My my grandmother was from Budapest, Hungary, and my uh, grandfather was from uh, Austria, you know, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool. The first trip I ever did overseas was to Graz for Otto Vance. Oh, really? 
So yeah. let's let's get yeah. back on the tracks here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, no, but I'm I took you there, so it's my. <laughs> And I'll do it again, probably. You know, but I, too many chair shots. Sorry, Sean. Yeah, you know? right there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you told me the uh, about when you first started to, to train. You decided mm-hmm. you wanted to get into this, but you had to do kind of a tryout. Uh, I believe it was oh yeah, like Malenko. So tell tell that story because it, it is it's pretty yeah. fascinating and and how you did it. So uh, you know, kind of leading well, up, I think you had worked out just before oh, yeah. you got. Tell me the whole story. Oh yeah, my I I come. I was making the big move to come up to Tampa from down there because I'd be able to train five or six days a week. Yeah, and I'd already started training down there in South Florida with those guys, and so I came up here, moved. Up, I was living with my folks when I first got up to Tampa Bay, and they live about an hour north of Tampa in Brooksville, Florida, uh-huh. and uh, so Malenko comes to me and goes, uh, uh, "I want you to meet a friend of mine." That's my very, very good friend. He's Carl Gotch. And I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was the God that, you know, took wrestling to Japan and made, you know, wrestling in Japan really what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's a God over there. Matter of fact, there was a ceremony this year held for him with Joe Malenko. But, uh, so I say, Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So he tells me he hooks it up for Saturday morning. I wake up early in the morning. My mother is from West Virginia. So she's a country cook. I wake up, she fixed me big biscuits and gravy <laughs> and the ham, eggs, the whole nine yards. Yeah. So I eat this big, big, big breakfast and shoot over to, to a gym that's in town there, a little gym that I trained at when I was with my mom and dad, and uh, trained for like two hours. Had a heavy workout, had a great workout. Matter of fact, my dad took some pictures with the paper there. It was local, and so my dad drives me into tampa yeah you're you know, all pumped to take up. me to malenko oh yeah I'm, I'm, i want to look good you know i'm gonna meet yeah. this this guy's a legend you know i'm gonna meet him i want to make an impression right so i get there and uh malenko hooks up with us and he takes me out to uh carl's house in odessa Florida, uh odessa Florida, which is north tampa so i go out there he introduces me and he walks around he's looking at me and that stuff first thing he does he says He's showing me all the different things that he used during his training, you know, in his, his big two-car garage, and he's loaded with stuff, Indian clubs, all the old school stuff. Yeah. The first thing he does is he has me do what the, uh, a deck of cards, which you do push-ups and squats, and the, you have the red and you have the black, yeah. you know, colors in the suits. And, uh, er, you know, you uh, whatever the number comes that you throw out on the deck of cards, Okay, you uh, you do that many reps of whatever the, the exercise is for that color. Uh-huh. It will either be push-ups or squats. And by the time you're finished doing a deck of cards, you've done, you know, pretty close to 600 uh, <laughs> reps. Of did, you know, did you know you were going to be working out? I mean, did, or you just thought you were no, meeting No, I have no clue. I, <laughs> I figured I'm just coming to meet this guy. And right. automatically takes me in there. And this yeah. is the first thing before we even get started. Oh. You know, he has me in there, and I blew my breakfast that, all over his lawn. And they Virginia laughing. breakfast. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, man. All over the lawn, my cutting. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Takes me in there. He's got these things, the iron bow. It's what the archers used to train with when they were shooting arrows on horseback uh, mm-hmm. in India back in the day. 
you know, and it's 80 pounds of weights on one side with a, a, a steel uh, bow like you would shoot arrows with, and you're doing this exercise, then the ending clubs, he's got the big leather mannequin dick thing to throw around, and oh my God, I threw up about two or three more times <laughs> by the time was, everything was said and done, you know, made, wanted to make sure I get that meal out of there, you know. Yeah. Whatever like, was oh left. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So what an introduction. What, yeah. You know, I, I figure I'm going to meet to shake your hand, say hi, and talk to a man. A little flexing out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. No flexing. No flexing. <laughs> no. Just throwing up a lot. That's it. So you must have impressed him. I mean, it must have worked. You said this if this kid kept going. Yeah. Well, he was good. Uh, that was my first. Matter of fact, when uh, I did get uh, started wrestling there with Malenko and some shows getting in the ring and, and doing some small shows there locally here in Tampa. Mm-hmm. He, so what uh, is this? What is this like 19, what, 85? And oh, no, it's gotta be 82. 82. Probably. Okay. Uh-huh. 80, yeah. Around there. Probably about that. 82. Cause, uh, they called me, uh, the mighty Siegfried, which I thought was pretty funny. Cause I'm sick Fred. Cause I'm yeah. inappropriate. But hey. he goes, uh, <laughs> Uh, he wants to call you this because you look like the big German, the mighty Siegfried that wrestled in Germany. I said, okay, whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. No problem. Yeah. You know? And so that was my uh, deal. Uh, up. Matter of fact, uh, uh, they sent me, my first time they sent me out to have somebody look at me, they sent me up to Atlanta. That's when it was like center stage. They had the only one. That's when uh, Turner had the one ch- uh, station up there. Mm-hmm. And they sent me up and... Uh, uh, they wanted to look at me for the wrestling show there, and they had me come in and do a, few, a couple matches and stuff like that. And uh, matter of fact, I uh, they put me in a car. A guy drove that wrestled named uh, Ron Slinker drove us up in an Eldorado Cadillac, and I had uh, Tony Marino on one side of me. He's about two hundred and fifty pounds. He wrestled as the Batman back in the day. Mm-hmm. Wrestled as he was an ex Mister America and that. Wrestled as the Pac-Man back in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other side of me in the back seat is uh, Cyclone Negro. <laughs> okay, another famous wrestler from back in the day. Back in the day. We were out of town. Yes, out five minutes probably, ten minutes out of town. No lie. They're both, I have one guy's head on one shoulder, <laughs> the other guy's head on my other shoulder, and they're snoring like they're sucking planes out of the sky <laughs> on my shoulder. And I'm like... I got a look of astonishment in my face. The guy looks up in the mirror. He goes, yeah, kid, that's how you can tell a real pro. They can sleep anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, that's right. And I imagine even in the Cadillac, there wasn't a whole lot of room in that back seat. There was no room. (laughs) It was El Dorado, and there was no room. Yeah. So I had to go all the way to Atlanta that way. Yeah, and what kind of skill did you have at this point? You'd been working uh, and training, right, with uh, Uh, Malenko. Yeah, but still green, 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 green. You know, I'm... I mean, I, I was hungry. I was learning and stuff like that, but very, very green. I mean, I went up there. There was a lot of great wrestlers when I went up there to work. And, um, you know, and uh, they had, they, uh, I did a few tapings there. Matter of fact, I, I've pulled them up online a couple of times on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but when I came back, as soon as I came back, uh, I, uh, Malenko told me, he says, uh, I got a call for you to go to, these guys want to use you in Texas and Joe Blanchard has sold his territory in San Antonio. And that's really, really, really where I got my first, uh, territory. 
uh, shot there. I went out there, and uh, I was there probably for about a year, a year and a half. Now, were you and, still uh, Siegfried, the giant, or whatever they called you? No, I, I when the, no, when they brought me in, that's when the Terminator movie was hot. Uh-huh. And so they brought me in as the, as the Terminator. Okay. And, uh, you know, in uh, the blue jeans, black tank top, sunglasses coming to the ring. Did you have Not the like uh, Austrian accent? Did that deal. Nah, no Austrian accent. No, no, no. Austrian accent. No, but, I just screamed a lot and, and uh, uh, very vocal. They had me doing a lot of strongman stuff. A lot of, uh, they took me into the gym. We did a vignette. I was with Jose Lothario and, and, uh, Another guy, Tom Jones, we did some vignettes. They had me powerlifting in the gym. I uh, did a 600 bench inside the gym, and uh, then they had some shots of me working inside the ring and the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was it, it was great because it was such a great pool of talent. A, a bunch of young guys like me. Yeah, who were some of these other guys of in Texas? Because you hear about that. Sean that Michaels territory. was there. Sean yes. Michaels was there. Yeah. He just... Worked his first territory for Watts, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he came to San Antonio, and Jose Lothario broke him in the business. Yeah. And he was there. And uh, you had uh, Mr. Piledriver, Bob Sweetam. Bruiser Brody was coming in and out. One-man gang was coming in and out between Japan, and and uh, he was working in, in Dallas. And he would come down. He was working a program with Mark Lewin. Uh, he, uh, the Guerreros were there. Uh, Chavo, Mondo, Hector. I even seen during the course of my stay there them work an angle against a guy named Alma Drill where they actually, uh, Gord Guerrero was probably really pushing about that 80 mark and they pile-drived them on the stage mm. inside the building we were, we did TV at. It was uh, Steve Stacks was the announcer there, uh, but uh, Buck Robley was the first booker that I worked for in that territory. Yeah. But, uh, it, it was, it was really a place. Nick, uh, Gene Kaninsky's son, Nick Kaninsky was there. And Kelly Kaninsky's other brother was up in, up North and, uh, uh, in Dallas and, uh, Ricky Santana. I mean, there was a lot of Mexican guys, black Gordman, uh, uh, Angel Blancos Jr. And, uh, and uh, El Fantasma. I mean, there was uh, Mexican guys coming in and out. Uh, midgets from Little Brooks, uh, uh, you know, his school and that were coming in and out and working there. They worked them for, uh, you know, uh, once a month or, you know, once every other month. So it was really, really kind of cool. You know, they had some women come in, like you said before, come in for a week or two and work yeah. the whole, you know, work the territory. And it was a territory where you, I, I feel blessed to have come in where I was able to work territories as opposed to young talent that's coming in today. Yeah, and I was I mean, going to mention that. Different. Yeah, I was going to mention that. It was a lot. Yeah, I don't think people oh, ought to understand though that the and and uh, that because you had those territories that kind of carved out the United States that you would have you know guys yeah. could stay in one area and then they go to another territory so you would get exposed to an. A completely different, uh, you know, uh, collection of talent who would teach you things, and then you would be, uh, you know, I, I, you probably did the same thing. Did you go to different territories as well? But I know Texas was a, a huge place and a great training ground for a lot of who we oh, saw yeah. become superstars in the WWF. 
we were dri- driving four or five thousand miles a week in a car. Wow. We were That's renting cars and putting yeah. it four ways. Seven days a week, too, and right? I mean, you guys were seven working. days a week. Yeah. You know, people don't realize they see you on TV and stuff like that. Think you do, uh, you know, a few shots here or there and that. You know, and you're only on TV and stuff. People have a peculiar way of looking at the business, but I mean. Uh, you know, almost 28 years I, I was wrestling and uh, uh, over 300 days a year. Minimal was 300 days a year mm. uh, wrestling, you know. And matter of fact, I talked to uh, Bill Leedy one time and he goes, well, uh, when I uh, was, uh, I wrestled 365 days straight, Ugh. was off for one day, and then went right back out and wrestled 365 more days. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, incredible. You know, and I said, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, I mean, how your body just, the, not only just the work schedule, but your body holding up. And of course, yeah. it was, you know, it was a different age and uh, they didn't take the same bumps. But I mean, you know, still, it, it well, just it took, to be able to do still, that. It was, yeah. it was physical. But, you know, when you were brought into this business, a lot of guys I see getting hurt left and right. Yeah. But when you were brought into the business, you take care of and respect you know, the people that you work with in the business. Right. You know what I'm saying? You need I mean, them to keep working. Happen. If you've got a good uh, run going, if your guy gets yeah. hurt, that you lose money, right? Yeah, well, you know, I go, you know what I can compare this to? It's like if you were an independent trucker, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're hurt, okay? There's no workers' comp. There's none of this other stuff. You get hurt, you don't work, you don't get paid. Yeah. Okay? And you, that, the object of being in the business is, you know, for the love of the business, but it's to make money so you can put a roof over your family's head, you know, and and uh, feed them and house them, you know, and the whole nine yards. So what was the money you know, like it, back then? I mean, was it decent or well, just depended? When I started, you know, like I told you, I was an airline mechanic and I was making really, really good money. Yeah. And I had benefits and the whole nine yards. And uh, when I went on the road, it, you know, it was... You know, depending on where you're at on the card is how much you got paid and, you know, your road expenses and all that. That's why back in those days, you know, you were splitting room. I mean, uh, we had uh, where I was at compared to some of the other guys in the territories. Since I was a uh, new guy, you know, you are uh, got a one bedroom and you're the guy with the girlfriend or wife has got the bedroom. The other two, the other two or three guys are splitting they got beds in the other room and, you know, we're splitting it, you know, <laughs> you know, to save money, you know. And, uh, and like I said, you're an independent contractor, so you're paying your taxes quarterly. And, uh, you know, you have to take out for road expenses. You're keeping a diary of, you know, for gas and all the different things. You yeah. know, it's just like running a business. Yeah. You must I, – I yeah. was, you know, talking to some of the guys because uh, they the, – yeah. the guys that uh, are in the WWE now certainly couldn't even relate yeah. to what that experience is like. I mean, they may have come up through indies, but nothing like what you guys experienced. What kept oh, you yeah. going? Were there times when when you said, I, I don't know if I can keep doing this, or was you were you just that driven and said, no matter what it takes? I had one bad time. I had been wrestling probably four or five years when my grandfather died and some other things – were going on in my life, personally in my life. And uh, I took like eight months off. I, I went up and was living in my uh, friend's cabin up in eastern Kentucky, up by Hazard, Kentucky, and uh, on the side of a mountain, you know, for like eight months. Huh. And then I came back to Florida and uh, hung with my uh, my mom and, and, and that and, you know, and got a boot. I went into 
stopped by the Florida office and seen uh, the guys there. And the next thing, I'm like, uh, I go, you know what? Uh, Steve Kerr talked with me, Mike Graham, a couple of, you know, Gordon Soley, and they, you know, they said, you know, they helped me through that sticking spot. And uh, so I was back on my feet and back working again. So there was a point you know, where and, you where you did question it, uh, and uh, yeah, and, and yeah, they, you know, the, yeah, I had I have skills, you know, outside of the wrestling right. ring. You know, what I'm saying I do have skills, and I'm like, uh, is this really? I, I love this business. I love the guys, but is it worth it? The mm-hmm. stuff that went through, you know, and for what I'm making, you know, because you're paying your dues up. And it's like, you know, you're looking, you're on the merry-go-round trying to grab that brass ring to take you to the next level where you're making the good money. And you're, you know what I'm saying? And the notoriety yeah. and all that stuff. And, and know, how, what did these guys that, do, though, yeah. that convinced you? Who were the, the guys and what did they say to you or what did they do? Uh, to Mike get you... Gray and all that stuff. You know, and they told me, he said, we've been there, you know, and, you know, we know what you're feeling. And, uh, you know, and that's, you know, always going to be your decision to make. You know, but think of the time and think of the effort that you've put into what you've been doing and the response. And, you know, and if you if it's what you really love, you know, it's like anything else. Sometimes you have to bite the bullet, Mm -hmm. you know, and pay your dues to get to be a successful person in any business, you know, and uh, that's uh, how I kind of went about doing it, you know, and. Because the business also opened many doors. I mean, I got to uh, work on TV series. I mm-hmm. got to uh, walk. Uh, I got to uh, work in a couple of different movies and stuff. Uh, you know, and so, you know, those things maybe I wouldn't have got to do if it hadn't been for the business and people seeing me in the business and and you know having things that I could offer for that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And have, the, have the ability to talk chew gum and walk at the same time yeah. you know so you well, know it was it, it was kind of a neat deal you know and so i, I it, that was a big a, a big deal for me you know because i've seen you know what a lot of other guys have gone through you know mm-hmm. i've seen the good and i've seen and i've seen the bad you know and uh i've seen guys uh it's not a real friendly uh business for marriages oh no you know because of the amount of time on the road i mean it's like being a gypsy Back in the day, I mean, it was migrating from one town to another town to another town. You know, there was uh, territories uh, overseas in Europe and in, uh, in uh, Great Britain and Japan and, you know, uh, Hawaii was a territory right. back in Miss Maivia. Yeah. You know, uh, the Rock's mom, you know, and uh, so... You know, I've seen a lot of that stuff, and I'm like, is this really for me? You know, is this really what I want to do? You know, be a gypsy the rest of my life, you know? So you know, when I want it, to have when, children. Fred, yeah, Fred, you know? when did it change? Yeah. Though, uh, I mean, because it is, it is a, it's a very tough uh, life. And there, if you yeah. think, you figure the percentages, not a lot of guys make it. And, you know, we go, we're going through, you know, I was going through some of the rosters from those years, and... You know, the WWF at the time would carry, you know, yeah. somewhere between maybe, you know, 55, 65 superstars on their roster. Now, when you think about the thousands uh, of uh, wrestlers that were out there, professional wrestlers, a lot of them oh, don't yeah. make it, and the competition was incredible. So, 
it, I could see how it could be, you know, tough to decide, oh, I'm going to really hang with this. When did it turn for you? And, and when you talked, you said, you know, early 80s where you really just started really to get into, yeah. you know, working. And it wasn't too much longer, but where, when did it turn? Was it, uh, you know, FCW uh, when you were working with, uh, you know, Soli? Uh, when, when, when did things really turn when you said, okay, I am, I am on another level now. I'm getting, I'm getting somewhere. I think that's the, the, where it really, really turned for me. I mean, when I, was, when I did go to work for Florida, you know, that's, I don't know, 80. Is that 88? Eight. Something? Yeah. yeah, probably '88 because I went. I came up there as a big steel man, right from Florida in '89, mm-hmm. and uh, they put me with Slick for the first like six or eight months there, working around when they did hire me down in Florida. Slick I was did, down there. I, well, no, Slick was up there with uh, with WWF. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember you came as the big Reverend steel man, Slick. but when you were with uh, yeah. FCW, that's where I was, was in Florida. Yeah, U.S. Steel. FCW was big steel man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big man steel. Yeah, and. Uh, I went over uh, to uh, when we had our a big show. I wrestled uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes in a cage there in Tampa. Mm-hmm. We had uh, the largest house we ever drew out at the fairgrounds. And while we were there doing that show, I mean Terry Funk was there, Bam Bam Bigelow was there. I mean a lot of great guys. Mm-hmm. Diamond Dallas Page was my manager in Florida with who, with Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Mm-hmm. Those were my managers when I was wrestling as uh, as big big steel man, uh-huh. and so I mean you know we went there and then uh, Otto Vance came to look for talent for uh, for his territory over in in uh, Germany and Austria, and he actually came over there and uh, we talked in the back and everything and he watched my matches and stuff like that, my match there at that night, and uh, so after we were finished everything said and done that and I left. Uh, Monday morning, I got a phone call. They wanted me to come down early to the office. Mm-hmm. They said, well, uh, Steve and, and uh, Mike and everybody, they are all like, uh, uh, Otto wants to wants to bring you over to work with him as uh, a championship match. Why don't you come over for 10 days? And uh, they want to do the publicity and work everything and that stuff. He wants to work with you in a big match. And, and that was amazing for me. I'd never been overseas. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? You know, so I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, never ever You'd been never overseas. worked over there. No. Never, and I was you know going someplace that uh, you know that I have roots with because of my father, uh-huh. and so I'm like I'm getting you know in a town that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's from Graz. Uh-huh. Yeah, As a matter of fact, he was a big uh, Otto Vance fan. Really? Huh. Yes, <laughs> yes mm-hmm. he is. Yeah, and uh, so they uh, brought me over there, and uh, and it was awesome experience. I come back, and when I came back uh, uh, from being on that trip, they come. Uh, I went to the office to see everybody on the morning on the, uh, when I got back, and they uh, called me in. They says, "Man, what, we want to talk with you." And I said, "Okay." And they told me while you were gone, okay, while you were gone, WCW and WWF had called the office there, huh. and they were both interested in me. Looking for you. About coming to work. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was the decision. And well, that was kind of cool that uh, when they ha- answered that call, I said, no, he's in Europe right now. He's working. And so it made them watch <laughs> yeah. even more probably, right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, back then, I mean, you know, they, uh, they were, every territory, there was people that could go to the shows and would do video footage and stuff. 
mm-hmm. of different wrestlers. Not much on like today. So that you know, the office knew who everybody was. That for the most part, that was working out in the industry. You know, not to mention you were there. I mean, how many tapes would they get a day from guys wanting to come to wrestle? Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I heard stories. You know, them getting. I mean, uh, 30, 40, 50 tapes a day being sent to them from talent. Yeah. You know, you know, give me a, give a look at me. I, you know, I mean, every TV that we used to do those dark matches, that was all guys coming in for tryouts. Yeah. You know, Oh, those guys, guys would come in and just, Oh God, they would just get beaten to, to pulps and, and, but just oh. for that one shot say, Oh yeah, I was working with the WWF. But like I said, yeah. there was only a very limited number of spots on those on that roster, and it was yeah. you know, stiff competition. So uh, when you do get this, the, tell me about the connection, though. When you when you really, uh, I guess you called the get the call to the big show uh, from the WWF. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they go, I go. Well, they told me they weren't going to make any kind of, uh, you know, try and sway me one for one company or the other company. Uh-huh. This is, you know, what happened and this is what's going on. You know, but I always wanted to go to the WWF. To me, that was the pinnacle. Right. You know, nothing disrespectful to WCW, but it was the pinnacle, I mean, as far as... Well, certainly at the time, felt, yes. You know, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God, you know. But my biggest concern was, you know, was I ready to go there? You know, you know, I, you know, I tell guys every day, you know, this business is a learning business. You learn to the day that you leave the business. And sometimes you don't learn everything that you need to know about the business. Yeah. And you didn't want to go up there and not be ready and then not get that shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I've seen it happen too many times. Yeah. Even when I went to work there, I just seen it, you know, bring guys in or they would send them up there to Connecticut to to train at the school, you know, when they had the school up there, you know, for, to look at guys and, uh, yeah. they'd bring you they to the warehouse. Hurt. Yes. Yeah. They wanted getting hurt or yeah. this or that. I knew one guy that came up three different times and he was a stud. He was, uh, an all American amateur. He wrestled in, uh, in college. He was a tremendous guy and, uh, had a great look about him and that, but just never, Hmm, just never did it, you know. And I mean, it's a, you know that kind of business. So I mean, that's what my biggest fear was going up there and, and just failing, you know. So I, you know, I had to psych myself up and I'm going to go up. I'm going to do it. I'm, I know what it can do. Tell me about you know you coming up and you did not want to uh, blow this chance. And so tell right. me your mindset at that point when you came up. I, I, mean, I mean, was it an audition or what I, did they do? It, it, they wanted me to come up for a dark match. It was at Niagara Falls, mm-hmm. you know, at the uh, Civic Center up there. That's where the we were doing. T- they were doing TV at the time. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I came up there. You know, that's the whole deal. When I first came into the, here I come with my little pull bag behind me, and I, as I walked through, you know, they had curtain off the area for you to dress at TVs. You know, yeah. Unless she was a superstar, you got a dressing room, you know. But, I mean, you know, the boys are all dressed in a big, giant area that was curtained off. And I, as I walked through the curtains, my luggage uh, has a Shockmaster moment and hooks onto the curtains. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the curtain starts to topple. And I catch it before it falls over. Okay? Hey, rookie. <laughs> so this was my debut of the yeah. debut, okay? Yeah. <laughs> 
as I come through there, do do do, yeah, coming in, you know. And here I come through the curtain, and I see the guys that I have watched for years, yeah, you know, on TV. I mean, because Vince had every great champion from every territory that there was. Yeah, he had the best of the best, yeah. Oh, my God. He had the cream, definitely the cream of the crop, and here I was, a cheese curd coming in through the curtain, you know? Yeah, knocking him down. (laughs) Yeah, almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to fire myself before I'm uh, able to come to work. (laughs) Yes, exactly. What an impression. Mm. But I got there. I went, you know, I went out there, and uh, I had a couple of great matches. And uh, do you remember who you, you know, who was the, the who the guys you wrestled that day? Well, the first few times I worked with, I, I worked with Brawler. Uh-huh. I worked with um, shoot Barry Horvitz. Yeah. I worked with uh, Paul Roma's old partner. God, good Zukov? looking guy. I think yeah, uh, Paul Roma. Yeah, Paul Roma's. I worked with him. I worked and another guy that worked with him, uh, Jimmy Powers. Oh yeah, right. I think too. Yeah. And uh, great guys, yeah. great guys, you know, and really, all of them really took care of me, man. I mean, you know, and and really helped me, you know. They they those kind of guys can make you and break you as far as uh, getting a yeah, absolutely. If they don't put a, you a over, match. yeah, yeah, you know. And, and did you know them prior to that, or maybe they knew no. of you, or not at all? I, no. I knew I, I know Barry Horowitz from. Uh, Tampa, he's a Malenko guy, yeah. but long before me. And uh, a great talent, a great, great talent. You know, but uh, other than that, no, I know anybody, you yeah. know. I knew Dusty, my future uh, brother-in-law. Yeah. He was up there already yeah. with his pokey dots. Yeah, that's another know? thing people but, don't uh, realize, all these connections you have. That, yeah, uh, Cody's my nephew, and uh, yeah. Goldust is my other nephew. Yeah. And then Sags of the Nasty Boys, my other brother-in-law. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, it really is. A, it is a family, and it really huh? is a family. There's all there's all these connections. It's why why wouldn't it be? I mean, that's who you connect with. They're the, they're the people you see every day, you know. So you know, I, that's, that's, your that's it. You know, to this day, like when we went to the event that we went to, yeah, you you can tell you know you can you know from your own personal experience being there, it's just so cool to see guys that you haven't seen and and uh, you know. Uh, forever yeah. and to walk in and talk and it's just a good feeling, man. Yeah, you, you know, pick I up mean, like it was yesterday. That's another thing about you it know, too. You know, you know, and see, you know, there we're all older versions of our our prior self. Yeah, but you know, it, it you know it is what it is. And for me, it's good too because I get to meet a lot of new young talent that's out there, women and men. Yeah, you know, that are working with different companies and doing different things. So it's it's really kind of a neat thing. You know, I was a wrestling fan. I was a wrestler, and I'm still a wrestling fan. That's great. I mean, that's you know, that's just just part of me, yeah. my business. Yeah. So, getting back yeah. to these dark matches, uh, yeah. you must have performed well. You must have impressed Vince. Um, so, what was the progression yeah. at that point? Uh, well, they put me. They, I worked as the big steel man there for uh, probably six or eight months. Yeah. You know, like I said, Slick was my manager for TVs, and. Uh, and I was went out for about six eight months. I was working first, second matches, you know. Yeah. And uh, which was fine with me. I was happy to be there. I was, you know, making good paydays compared to what I've ever ever made in my life. Great paydays. And then, you know, I came up to the time that that they uh, 
you know, because it's all about marketing. It's all about, you know, different things. And they go come to me one day at one TV and they go, we have this idea. Okay. We, we, uh, what do you think about this? We, we were talking about making you tugboat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like thinking, you know, tugboat. Okay. I says, let me see. And I'm a big cartoon guy. I still watch cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm always going to be a big until kid. The until they plant me. Right. Until, yeah. Until I read comic books, I collect toys, yeah. the whole nine yards, you know, I'm the, you know, that's just me. And uh, they go, I get to be a cross between Popeye and Brutus yeah. in one character. <laughs> hey, sign right. me up. You know, sign me up. I'm I'm there. Hello. (laughs) I'm ready to go. And you even had the the, the tugboat uh, horn. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Still got it. I don't need any amplification, okay? Well, and and the fact that they 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 considered you a talent enough, they wanted to to give you a gimmick. And and, uh, so, I mean, I'm sure, like, hey, uh, sounds like they want to push me. Right. And so, how, how did that like, go over? I mean, yeah. how 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 far along did they they uh, you know go with that gimmick? Did they tell you, okay, we want you to do this and this and this, or did you did they let you kind of put it together yourself? Well, you know, they had me. You know, that's the thing with when they give you a gimmick. Yeah. You either make the gimmick or you don't make the gimmick. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, what I'm saying you have to love. That's why they ask you. They'll ask you, uh, and sit when they you're there sitting talking to them. They're like. Do you like this? Are you sure that you are comfortable with this gimmick? Yeah. Okay. Because if you are not comfortable with the gimmick, how can you, you know, really take it to the next level and, you know, make that gimmick? Yeah. You know, I mean, you're going to be a tugboat. Okay. So what, you know, you got to do tug. you know, it's like Popeye, like to me, popped in my head was like Popeye the Sailor Man. You know, I'm like, you know, get out there and not, I could be a big bruiser and beat the heck out of people, but I come out there. Uh, I I love interacting with kids. I've always loved kids. I have fun with them. So I come out like that, and it got over. And then to put the icing on the cake, when they put me with Hogan, oh, my God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, it, it was just incredible. Okay. You know? And when they came to me with that deal, I was like, oh, my God, you're going to put me with Hogan? And, you know, here's the top baby face in the business and over like a son of a gun. And uh, I would go out with him to matches. I swear I'd have to go pee four or five times before I go out and be so nervous. Really? But once I went through the curtain into the ring, it was, you know, just have fun and work and, you know, and uh, take care of, you know, my tag partner when I tagged with him and, you know, just have fun. And he... He's such a great guy and such a huge entity that it made it that much easier. And he's a genuine kind of guy. Yeah, I was so going to ask you, I mean, it's important to, and especially when you're standing next to Hulk, that, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, he can launch you. Uh, and and uh, oh. and how did he do that? And you, and you said that, you know, working with him in the ring, too, if he's got to be gracious or you're dead. But he, that's how you, you know, with Hogan, it was never an ego, you know, and you know, this is a business of egos, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. some people, you know, if, if they believe everything that they write on the poster, some guys get the, their head should be like a balloon and it should float out of the building. Mm, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I'm just, well, we certainly worked with a few like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
but it's one of those deals where I've never had that deal where I was jealous of somebody or because somebody got a major push or this or that. I was like, God bless him, man. I think that's great. I think that, you know, if you have opportunity, I think that's great. You should have the opportunity not to be jealous of somebody and say, I hope he falls on his face, Mm -hmm. which I've seen and heard several times from different people, you know, but I mean, that's just their opinion, you know, and just like me, opinions are like buttholes. Some of them smell, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's certainly you know, one way I mean, to put it just, you know i mean I, I was joking but i mean yeah. you know it's it's serious you know and like you like we we're talking here you've been around this business and you know how things are and you know and different people are and how they react and in the whole nine yards yeah instead of being business you know business is 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 what's most important what's best for the business yeah and you hear that but a lot of people don't follow that path yeah you know Sometimes what's best for the business isn't what you want, but every little opportunity, no matter how minuscule it is, you should take advantage of, you know, and make the best of that. that. And that's what I always tried to do. Yeah. And, and you were, uh, you were really over as a baby face. And, uh, I'm sure that that run with, with, uh, with Hulk stands out, you know, going against earthquake and, and Dino Bravo, uh, uh, did you take the time at that point? Did you realize how far you'd come and where you were? Because uh, I don't know if we all realized what was really happening at that point in time. Because you know, pro wrestling had just had reached the same uh, level as any other form of entertainment. Um, you know, as I always refer to it. I mean, you guys—it was rock star status for you guys. Did you uh, realize it at the time? Or, or, what, what do you remember of all, of all that? I, I, I mean, I remember, I'm, you know, when you go through airports and, and, and that thing, of that recognition thing where everybody looks at you and knows, you know, you go to Disney World, because I'm here from Florida, I go to Disney yeah. World, and, uh, you know, people are like, you know, looking, they know who you are. Some of them are afraid to say anything or they're afraid uh, of what you might do or say. If, you know, because some guys are pretty grumpy sometimes, you know what I'm saying, when they get out there in public. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I was like, I just thought it was the greatest thing. And, you know, and the best thing was my parents were proud of me. Uh-huh. And, you know, and I'd done something good. And my family, you know, just, they were overwhelmed. I mean, it, it was just the greatest feeling in the world. More than anything, to get their approval, you know, it's not what I went to college for. You know, no. <laughs> the there's no course. Wrestler, you, yeah. know? <laughs> there, you know, you know, there was no course for that deal, you know, yeah. and uh, I'm like, uh, and getting my parents approval and them being happy about what I was doing mm-hmm. was the, the other than making good money. That was the probably the best thing, you know, the best, the best thing I could do because they, they, they're just incredible yeah. i mean I, I me and my sister were very blessed to have the family that we came up in yeah that's and, awesome uh, you know that, that that's a big deal yeah. i mean to me well and you and really uh fred you were a part of that wave when it was it, it was you know just cresting there and you, i know you had a great time as a baby face you were over yeah. incredibly but uh how fun was it to turn heel and when you uh turn on the hulkster and uh, you you know that was like, like a tease I, th- I think i remember from saturday night's main event oh. everybody's like what what's what's a tugboat how could he oh and then uh you know then you, uh, that, you oh know, yeah and then you team up with uh oh and then what you did to the bushwhackers i, I mean I, 
there's people that hate me to this day, <laughs> really... Sean. There's people that still hate me. They'll yeah. Facebook message me. I can't believe what you wow. did. You know, it looks like one of my best friends. He's out here in Clearwater Beach with his gym. Yeah. You know, and I do a lot of stuff with Luke uh, and from time to time. And they were like, I can't believe you turned on Hogan. You turned your back. At, you were there for him when he was. When uh, Quake put him in the hospital, yes. you know, All he did with for the you. bracelets and saying the prayers and, you know, and, and the whole nine yards. Uh-huh. And, uh, they, and then comes the bushwhacker incident. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. They still hate me. <laughs> they still are mad. There are still guys out there that haven't gotten over it. I think it's humorous, yeah. you know, but, I, you know. Those deals, you know, I'll take, I'll, I'll go with the punches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you it's knew it was a good storyline then. If it, if it, it was, if they still uh, remember it, you know it worked. Uh, you but, know, and for this, and what you were talking about, I went from uh, Hulk Hogan and just an awesome experience there to being paired with Quake, who's yeah. To this day, he's my brother from another mother. Yeah, John. Tentor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. John was. Such an, an incredible guy, great athlete, uh, it, it, friend, and uh, he was part of my family, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I've got pictures. I tell people all the time, you know, they think I'm BSing them. I got pictures at Disney World with me and him on the Dumbo ride with <laughs> Mickey Mouse ears on. Okay? I have it. I should get it. you got to send get me it that. Blown I, up, you've got to. You know, I should get it blown up. Yeah. But the people, you know, and we were both over 400 pounds at that point. And, you know, we're there at Disney World in our shorts and sneakers and Mickey Mouse ears. Okay? And they're like, no, <laughs> you're not getting on Dumbo. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, yes. oh <laughs> Together on the same ride? <laughs> no, 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 no. Different ones. But, you know, I was chasing them. You are the ride. Them. Yes. <laughs> but how fun. They how, how the fun was, Mansion, uh, Extra Monsters. Yeah. yeah. How fun was that run? It, I mean, to be a heel and you guys, you know, and I never can get over are you, how nimble you guys were in the ring, considering the the, the girth yeah. you were carrying. Yeah. Uh, but how fun was that to oh, be? To, to heel, it to be it was awesome. I wish it was longer. Yeah. To be honest with you, I wish it was a longer thing. But a lot of times it's politics and there's a lot of different yeah. issues and stuff. And but uh, I, I do wish it was longer. Uh, I've. We uh, had great response, even when they kind of heel face turned us. You know, we wound up working with Money and Inca- Money Incorporated. I think it was at uh, Mania Seven or something like that. I forget, but uh, uh, it, you know, we turned semi baby, and we still yeah. worked like heels and beat beat people up. Right. It was great, you know. And like you said, John and I both, you know, w- we could move. Yeah. in the ring you know yeah. we, we had agility we had you know and uh working together like smaller guys would work together as far as doing double things yeah. and stuff and um i think people were impressed with that i mean they, they liked what they seen. oh you yeah. know and I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff that john yeah. could do i mean oh yeah you know both of us are drop kicking and stuff like that i mean we were could... really capable you know coming off the top if we wanted to yeah. You know what I'm saying? But some stuff, you know, when I was brought in the business, they didn't want you to do this or that because they go, it's not believable. They wouldn't think that you could do that. <laughs> you know, it, or you'll have to do it all the time once you do it one time. And, yeah. You know, so, yeah. Well, because, John, it, I mean, you were crazy. you were uh, massive. And, John, what, do you have 80 pounds on you? I mean, he was. 
Yeah, about sixty or eighty pounds. Yeah, yeah. He was a big man. Yeah. Matter yeah. of fact, it's funny. My uh, his son John Jr. lives in Houston still, and uh, he uh, put on uh, a pair of uh, Quake's tights the other day and sent my <laughs> wife a picture. It was, it's very very funny. Yeah. If I have a chance, obviously he's getting married in December to his girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, but he sent it to me. Matter of fact, when it, his uh, mom was throwing all of John's stuff away, he sent me a oh. pair of his tights wow. that I'm going to have boxed, uh, put on the wall with mine. Yeah, and I know his you were close. Lost. Yeah, I know you were close. That yeah. had to have been tough when uh, when we lost him. Oh, it was. Yeah, I got. He was in remission. He had moved to Houston from Orlando. Uh, he had lived over there in Lake Mary on the other side of Orlando, yeah. and he's. Uh, his son was going to get, uh, his, uh, stepson was going to get married. And, uh, so he gave me a call right before the wedding and we were making plans to start going out and do signings and maybe working a little bit here and there and that. And, uh, if he was feeling better and I, and then, uh, he called me, he says, Fred, it's back. And it wasn't long after that, that he died. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was a horrible kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, to lose them and you know and anybody that's ever known him or been around yeah. him to know what a genuinely nice man yeah. that he was i mean uh we could talk and we st- you know a lot of times in the business on the road a lot of guys get into trouble and, and get into different things and uh and that's we were both opposite of that kind of mentality and you know hey, you didn't want to mess up this what you had yeah yeah not at all yeah. You know, that, that you know that that was you know it was amazing. You know, to be with somebody that had the same kind of mindset you did. Yeah. You well, know, and and like cool. you said, it would have been awesome if that that run had been able to last longer. I think it went through '93, sure. and then yeah. uh, John left. Yeah. Uh, and then shortly yeah. after that, you you left as well. But yeah. uh, you've got to look back at those years very fondly. That uh, it, it was a you know not just not just a moment in time, but really. Uh, just an incredible era. And that's, you know, the folks that listen to this podcast, uh, they loved every minute of it. And uh, and they love oh, hearing yeah. about this uh, from you as well. Uh, after you left there, you know, you, you did, you, you uh, went to WCW and you know, we've got to talk about the Shockmaster. But, oh, yes, we do. <laughs> because uh, th- that's certainly remembered uh, for what happened. Oh, and, yeah. and I loved hearing the story from you. But how did that all first come about? It was that was kind of a, a crazy time back then the, with the what the WCW was doing, uh, right? And, and these gimmicks that they came up with were just from outer space, and your, yours was. <laughs> oh, how did that it was come from outer about? Space. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, they came in. Well, you know, it was Bash of the Beaches where it was live TV. It was not taped. Yeah, right. Okay, so it was a live event. We're up at Daytona Beach, and. Uh, I had been going back and forth. Uh, they had brought me in Atlanta and stuff like that. And they were filming. It's right when they were going to, they were uh, filming or start filming it over in Orlando. And they come up there and uh, I'm the mystery partner. So I come and I drive up and they had this deal almost like a, you know, like how Glazier was. I don't know if you remember that gimmick. It was uh, almost like a, a comic book type hero. Yeah, and uh, they uh, had this other, you know, the Shockmaster was gonna. I was gonna be under a hood, and I was gonna, you know, had this whole costume and everything with lightning bolts and stuff. The Super Shockmaster wound up being 
And I worked that way a few times because after the deal there, then they decided to change it. After the Shockmaster incident, they decided yeah, they kind of killed you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> they, they decided to go a different route. <laughs> yeah. Well, it probably sounded cool at the time, especially, you know, you, yeah. you, you, you like the comic books of the characters. And, yeah. And then you see this helmet or whatever the stormtrooper thing was and, and uh, well, with the pinholes yeah. in. Well, did you I go like what in. the what the hell? I mean, I walk in and it's probably like about a half hour, forty five minutes yeah. before the, the show's supposed to start, and they go, "Here, you're gonna wear this." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> just for the interview, you're just gonna put this to conceal your identity because uh-huh. they knew that came. You know, people know that came from up north, and they were trying to conceal as much as they possibly could. You know, the fact that who I was, you know, tugboat was typhoon, and you know. Now he's coming here, and they yeah. were trying to uh, kibosh that kind of, and uh, they didn't want anybody to know. You know, yeah. of course, you know anybody that's been around a business, the marks know everything. But yeah, right. <laughs> they, uh, I come in, and they go, "Here, you're gonna wear this." So I go to put it on to try it on, and glitter is, is two little eye hole pinholes. Yeah, you seen the thing? It was yeah. You, you took I don't okay. know how in the world and you could go, see anything. I mean, how they expected you to even take three steps is beyond me. Oh, <laughs> uh, they and they, uh, uh, what was it? Um, the other day, I'm like, uh, I put this thing on, glitter's coming through my eyes. So, Janie Ingalls was the secretary for the office. So, she's there, and they go, Oh, we can't have the, the glitter going in your eyes. Uh, so, I can't see anyway out them little holes. Right. Okay. And they go here, and so they take have her take her pantyhose off, cut patches out of the pantyhose, <laughs> and glue them over the hole. The little and make holes it worse. In there. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Why'd you drill the holes to begin with? You know, yeah. but uh, you're gonna wear this. I'm like, okay. So then they uh, right before I'm about to go out, they take me out there, and they go. Uh, there's no way to microphone this mask. So Ole Anderson is going to do the voiceover. So, okay. And you're crashing so, through a wall, right? Let's not live that part out. Yeah, I crashed <laughs> through a wall. So the thing is, I go out right before I'm supposed to go out there, yeah. probably 15 minutes or so, and Mike Graham is the guy that's going to give me the cue to bust through the wall. Okay, and the wall is done like a wall would be in your house. It was two by four studs every 12 to 14 inches. Okay. And then there was a uh, board right below my knees going across because it's a tall wall. They're, for they're building support. a house. I mean, you're supposed to go be able to go through That's, a wall. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it wasn't gimmicky. You know, you yeah. think at least yeah. they would gimmick the boards. Right. Yeah. And my grand goes to me, he goes, Fred, you're going to have to hit this thing hard. You know, I'm like, Oh, you know, don't worry about it. I, I see, you know, I'm benching over six. I I'm got it. Close I, to got 900. Yeah. I got you. Don't worry about it. I'll bust this wall. You know? So I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. So I, I put this thing on my head and I stand like probably six, eight inches away from the wall itself. Mm. And so I, he says, when he gives me a cue, I put my double ax handle over my head and goes, and I swank, swung at the wall straight at it as hard as I possibly could hit this thing and just snapped the boards, blew out the, it was five, eight sheet rock, blew it out. And, but the bottom 
below my knees didn't break. And so the momentum of me swinging my arms at the wall to break the wall, all right, I went, I became a human teeter-totter. So, woof, I go through the wall, and the thing pops off like a champagne cork. So <laughs> we're live. I know in my head that it's live. I turn my head to the wall, facing the wall and reaching for the hood to put it back on my helmet, on my head. Yeah. And all I can think about is jumping up, getting that on as fast as possible, jumping up and pantomiming the promo while Oli is, is doing actually the video. doing it. Yeah. You know, but meanwhile, when you watch the master. video, <laughs> yes, you know, it's not like I can't talk. There's no way to mic. <laughs> I am the shock master. <laughs> I am going to shock the world. You did. Well, you I did already shock did that world. shock world deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who is so the genius like who, who left the two by four across the, across the bottom of the wall though? That, that's that, that tripped you. I mean, who thought that somehow you were going to break that? It's, yeah, I can't oh. see anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, the bottom line is they should have gimmicked the wall, you know, partially cut it or yeah. something, yeah. you know, where it would bust easy, yeah. you know. Well, they, they, killed, uh, just, they killed you on that one. That was... Uh, oh, yeah. well, yeah. Many it, ways. But it's me. Yeah. You know, as far as the fans and, and all the boys, it's, I killed it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, matter of fact, the other night uh, during NXT TakeOver, I guess, Booker T said, I said something to the effect that all these people are uh, sending me Facebook messages. Can you believe what Booker T just said? He wished the Shockmaster moment had never <laughs> happened. How dare he? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just typed out, aww. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. I mean, good, bad, or ugly in this business, you know, you just have to go with the flow and you got to do the best, you know. And if anybody was to ever look back at some of the greatest stars that there ever was, each and every one of them had a shock master moment. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, at yeah. one time or another yeah. in this business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe not as dramatic, but surely I've seen guys get their feet caught on the top rope and yeah. fall flat on their face jumping over the top. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a variety of different things, and that's just the, uh, you know, the lead-in. But, you know, I don't make excuses. You know, yeah. it was bad that night. I go... It was like a case of beer kind of event. You you probably could have drank a case of beer going back to Tampa, but I was like, you know, it was bad, and I, I took my ribbon from the boys, which it's like uh, water on a duck's behind. Yeah. But you know, I made the best. You know, it's been great. It's it's been good, and uh, you can't laugh at yourself. You know, no matter. Yeah. Twenty twenty years later, after the facts, I mean, it's you know. I still, it's like got that, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show type following. Oh, yeah. As far as on the internet. Yeah, I saw that when we were in New York. The people that, uh, (laughs) you know, surrounding your table, these, you know, very devoted fans, as we've learned. There's there's no better fans. I've Uh, covered every professional sport there is. There's none compare to the folks that follow uh, the the WWF, uh, the WWE as well. Uh, Fans are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. And, 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 uh, uh, you know, and you had a great career. I know, like, after 94, would you, you spent time in Japan. I mean, were, were you still, uh, was it, you know, full-time you were, for those uh, next, I don't know, five or six years? Yeah, I was pretty much, pretty much. I never got below probably 150 days a year or whatever, 140 huh. days a year. And plus I had uh, businesses that I had gotten at that point. I, 
what took me off the road was I, I had uh, bought two uh, a sports bar and a nightclub in in Key West, mm-hmm. and my brother-in-law was supposed to be there. And, and on my days off, when I was off the road, I would go uh, down to Key West, and I would uh, be in the in the place there working with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was uh, he got shot and killed right before we opened the door. Wow, really? And I had like, yeah, here, huh. in Tampa here. Huh. And uh, we were fixing to pop the doors over. Uh, no, actually, it was uh, he was with a friend of his. He went to a hockey game, and they stopped at a Seven Eleven on the way home. And he was on the phone with uh, his wife, and uh, his friend went in uh, to a, like a Seven Eleven type place, get a bite, uh, get some a hot dog and uh, a soda, and come out the door. There was some teenagers outside. A confrontation kind of uh, happened out there, and. Huh. Uh, he went over, it was about, you know, eight or ten kids. The uh, youngest one was probably 13, 14. The oldest yeah. ones were in the 18. And a uh, guy pulled the gun out, and uh, he ran over to take and get his friend, and uh, the guy shot the gun in the air, and he got uh, hit with a twenty two, and it severed his art, main artery going to his heart, and he dropped dead right on the spot. Yeah. And I got the, I got a phone call about it. And uh, that's what really initially I had everything I owned about, you know, invested in uh, Key West and the building, build out and everything. And uh, here we are ready to roll and that happened. Yeah, so that changed everything. uh, It was traumatic. Yeah, it was a pretty traumatic time. Yeah. You know, know, and I had to explain that. Matter of fact, when Quake left, they had brought me in to work his uh, restaurant. He was working with uh, Yoko. Right, and they brought me in to work or uh, finish up his dates, and uh, I did that. And I said, because uh, George Steele called me, he said, I said, but you know, George, I can't, I can't come up back full time. I says, you know, I, I I wish I could, but I just got so much involved here, then and, mm-hmm. and everything, it's put me in an awkward position. Right, and later on, they really had some stuff that they wanted to do with me. I found out, and uh, it, uh, you know, I says, well, you know, things happen sometimes for a reason, and you can't cry over spilt milk. Yeah, you know, no matter what. Yeah, I well, mean, you've maintained yeah. that relationship, and that's what's really I really like seeing that now. That and the, the you know, the lot of the with the the Hall of Fame, and the, and just that the WWE yeah. is you know reaching out to a lot of these guys. They bring them back for some of these events. Uh, I've I've gotten to do a few things which I've really loved. And and uh, they brought me yeah they, yeah they brought me in to do uh, for the network the uh, Edge and Christian show right. they did the reenactment <laughs> they were trying to give me that extra chance okay <laughs> and I had fun with those guys it was really terrific. yeah I did I, mean, I did an episode with Gene that uh, was we had a yeah. lot of fun as uh, you know we both go there thinking we're going to be the show announcers and it's uh, an audition to be their bartender and uh, <laughs> yeah it was it was really fun. And to, oh my I was kind of disappointed that yeah. they took that show off the network because I thought it was fun, and I think a lot of people. Yeah, it was, it. and they're good guys, yeah, great guys. Yeah, and that was the first time I oh really met them, so I, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it is. It's great to see that you know uh, they do uh, keep those relationships open. They have the legends contracts that some of these guys have, and yeah, it's great. And I know that you you're still uh, very much in good favor with them, and it's 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 great that you can come back and and do some of these things. Uh, I, I feel privileged that they they would invite me back and think that much of me. I mean, I'm on yeah. 
I've got been on the last three games that are out. I'm under that Legends deal like you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's really really good. I mean, and you know, my son works there now, so I'm kind of right. happy about yeah. that for him. You know, so. Yeah, you, you know, said he's he involved. He's on the road with yeah. him, and he, he does just a little bit of everything, yeah. right? He's doing really well. He's yeah. I mean, that's you know, I, I preach to him so much. You probably if you heard this. He's you know, but I'm like you know, he's a great referee. Matter yeah. of fact, I got a a guy. I was I think I was talking to you about it. Uh, that uh, a guy named Marty Jones, who's a legend in England yeah. wrestler. Yeah, he has a school over there, and that and he uh, sent me pictures. He was in Manchester. And they were doing tryouts for the UK guys, you know, coming in to take a look at them. Yeah, that are in the Indies over there. And my son was in the ring referee, and he goes, sends me a picture in the morning to me and my wife. He's like, "Do you know this guy?" <laughs> it was my son. <laughs> yeah. in the ring doing that, you know. But he That's does, fun. you know, television production and whatever they need him to do. Yeah. and I think you know that is the greatest thing. And he loves this business. And when we That's were up great. there doing the uh, event, uh, I was talking with Pat, and he goes. You know, your son is, a good, he, he was praising Berkeley and he's like, uh, he loves this business. I says, he always has. Yeah. His mom wasn't real excited about it, but he has always loved the business. Yeah, and, you know, and, uh, and I'm just happy that he's doing well. Yeah. That means a lot to me. So, Fred, what's life like now? I know you're still life in Lakeland. Life is good. I have, I have a wonderful wife. No, I live in St. Petersburg now. Oh, you're in St. Petersburg. I live right. in St. Yeah. Petersburg, yes. We were living in Lakeland and yeah. I've been over here. My wife uh, has a great boss. She runs about 800 units of uh, apartments in different buildings down here in St. Pete. She helped open a hotel down here called the Hollander. Mm-hmm. If anybody's ever in this area, it's a gr- great boutique hotel uh, right in the heart of downtown. It's beautiful. And uh, uh, I get to do signings and stuff like we did and uh, Comic-Cons and uh, meet a lot of different fans and stuff. I was just up in uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah. Uh, this past weekend and uh, having a really good time. So yeah. I get to do things like that and, you know, and just enjoy life and try and spend as much time with my wife as I can. Yeah, like I said, you you, you look great. I mean, really, you're, you're still in great shape. And um, uh, you got any stuff coming up? If folks can check you out again, if they're uh, – are you doing any signings? Any? Uh, no, we're going into the new year. So I, yeah. as far as the end of the year goes, I'm, I'm – uh, not having anything here. I was supposed to go to WrestleCade up in the Carolina this weekend, but uh, I I got put off because of some uh, different things and stuff like that. I was going up with Scott Wilder again, yeah. and he's a great guy. Yeah, I love working yeah. with him. Yeah, me too. Uh, awesome. Very conscientious guy. Yep. Very, very good guy. Uh, but got some stuff that uh, people contact. I'm supposed to go to UK in March um, with Lanny Poffo and Luke. I don't know who else is going to go with us, but we're supposed to go over there. So uh, it's going into the new year. I'm starting to get a few, uh, trying to get some dates put together, but uh, everything is good. You know, I'm new, new 2K18 game. Yeah. I'm waiting to play that with my grandkids. I've got 10, 10 children, uh, 10 grandchildren, six children (laughs) and uh, two great children, two great grandchildren and two on the way. So, it's going to be interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, do you have an email or something? How can people get in touch if they want to drop you a note? Or do you do Twitter? Uh, they can get they can get a hold of me on uh, uh, on Facebook. They can get a hold of me, you know, Fred Ottman, my real name. And they'll With see a picture T's. of me and my wife 
on the although they had the right place. Yep. There's like three three different tree uh three or four different tribute pages for the different characters. Yeah. That uh my uh nephew has put together for me and uh I do have uh not Twitter but uh, Instagram. Uh also Fred Ottman and uh f.ottman at yahoo.com is my uh my uh, email address, yeah. you know, so I'm available. I'm always out there. And, uh, when people contact me, I always talk to them, answer them and yeah. stuff. So, you know, it's, it's a neat deal. Yeah. Well, Fred, it was, it was so awesome uh, seeing you in New York and, and catching up after all those years. And it was, you know, it was like you said, when you see these guys, it, it's, it is like yesterday we're older, but uh, we kind of fall right yeah. back in and, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, just like yesterday. So it, I, it's, I, it, I, it, yeah, yeah. It's neat seeing what. Uh, um, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you. I will be at WrestleCon for WrestleMania week uh-huh. uh, with uh, my good friend One Man Gang. Will be at the table with me. Awesome. Well, the folks, check that love. out. Yeah, Akeem the Dream. Yeah, he's a, that's right. He's, he's He'll cool. be there with me. That's great. <laughs> All right. Well, it was it was great. I'm glad you took the time out. Thanks for coming on Prime Time, and uh, I can't wait to catch up with you again down the road sometime. Excellent. I love talking to you, Sean, anytime, man. All right. Take care. It was great having right. Fred Ottman on primetime with Sean Mooney. Tugboat, Typhoon, and a number of other gimmicks, but uh, we all know him <laughs> as Fred Ottman. And thanks so much, Fred. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. All right, brother. I have really enjoyed my conversation with Fred Ottman. He is uh, a great person just overall, and he had a great career with the WWF. I plan to stay in touch with Fred, and we will have him back on the podcast. Again, I want to thank you all for your comments, your suggestions, and your messages. Uh, Keep your list of superstars and other people related to the world of pro wrestling that you'd like to hear from on the program. You can uh, reach me at Twitter at Sean Mooney Who, and of course by email at primetime at mlw.com. And to check out, please, all the official primetime with Sean Mooney Tees at prowrestlingtees.com. Get your Sean Mooney Who t-shirt. You mean you have it yet? Come on. Or the Ding 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 Tee. Of course, the ever-popular official primetime with Sean Mooney logo tee. It's a great way to support the show, folks. Just go to prowrestlingtees.com and search primetime with Sean Mooney. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we're having a giveaway to allow all of our listeners a chance to get the unreleased, unseen matches, 1986-1995 DVD from my friends at the WWE. So simple to win. Just go to Facebook and like us on our page, Primetime with Sean Mooney. When we get to 500, we're getting closer and closer. We're going to randomly pick somebody, and then I am going to sign that DVD and send it to you wherever you are. I want to thank again the folks at SeatGeek. Thanks for coming on board. Remember, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download that app and get it done. And you're going to be seeing a concert or a sporting event that you want to go to very soon. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code PRIMETIME. That's promo code PRIMETIME to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time. I'm out.